The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes. You're listening to Radio Azim Premji University. Hello and welcome back to our journey of math. I'm Shraddha and with me on this podcast is everyone's favorite mathematics teacher at Azim Premji University, Mr. Devakaran. Welcome back. You'll have to say because you can't, people can't hear, see you now. Oh, that's true. Just <laughs> <laughs> say, hello. Hello. Nice to be back. It's a math, math, math world with Devakaran and Shraddha. Episode 2 The Zero Story What do you make of people believing that we learn a lot more math than we actually need? Uh, I think it often stems from not recognizing what math truly is. And also because of the fact that the cost of failing in maths is perhaps a little too much in our society. So that all these add up to the fact that people are people don't have a good relationship with maths. But maybe outside the classroom, this relationship can be improved, is what I feel. And this podcast is a small step in that direction. But what was probably different about the way you learned math and the way I learned math? In fact, I will be very honest. I was not interested in studies till any, like not just maths, any form of studies till my 8th standard or ninth standard, for instance. Wow. So I used to memorize everything and then go and write it in the exams and score decent marks. But I was not interested in studying at all. So then I uh, chanced upon this book called uh, Physics for Entertainment by Yaakov Perelman. It's a Mir publisher book. It's a very intriguing title, Physics for Entertainment. Yes. <laughs> why Why the title, Physics for Entertainment? So what? the thing is, it's it's not asking you questions which are academic in nature, but it's more like curiosity questions. Like often they are framed in form of some puzzles or some kind of story and you are supposed to answer those questions. So it's very, very entertainingly written. So that's something which is, which first attracted to me to anything related to studies. And to at what honest. age did you read this book? This was in my 8th standard or so. So uh, I'm saying 13. Yeah. You must have been 13. Exactly. Yes. So that's when I read this. I first My first love was not math, but physics. Cue in romantic music. And it's during the first two years of my undergrad program, I... Uh, I fell in love with maths and that's when I really uh, really understood that even what I enjoyed in physics was the maths behind physics. So wow. I realized that when I was doing my BSc. All right. So are enough students reading this book today? Physics for I Entertainment? I doubt that. The biggest takeaway from today's episode is buy that book, Physics <laughs> for Entertainment. It changed the course of someone's life and that someone is sitting right in front of me right now. So in the last episode, we saw how uh, at least four civilizations had place value system for numbers. They had cracked a way to represent quantities, but they did not have zero. So representing large numbers without zero was so confusing until India said, zero, 
just put a zero there. So there is a difference between 404 and 44 and 440. And the world had a eureka moment. The concept of zero as a number was discovered only once in the history of humanity. Yes. yes. Uh, and that was in India. Right. Uh, when I say that, however, in zero was the a symbol for zero was discovered three times in the history of humanity. Once by Babylonians, hmm. once by Mayans, hmm. and once by Indians. So, but, but then the, the Babylonians and the Mayans, when they made that symbol for zero, was it a symbol for zero or was it a symbol for not any of the other shapes? It was a symbol to denote the absence of any number in that particular place. Right. So the absence was denoted by that symbol, but the symbol itself did not represent any number. Much like For, a space bar. Much like a space bar. Just that a space bar, we cannot distinguish between two space bars and one space bar. It's right. Or even if you can distinguish between two space bars. You don't and know one if it's two or three or yeah. Or 10 or 11. Yeah. Right? That's really right. difficult to distinguish. Right. So to ensure that you can distinguish between N space bars and M space bars, right. people started using these symbols. And it only meant that. It, it might have as well been like a dash. It might as well a have been a A series dash. of dashes means not the symbols that you know. Exactly. Of. Yeah. Exactly. They could not have added two of these symbols or something like right, that. Right, right. Or multiplied. So they were not numbers in the strict sense of what, what in the strict sense of the word. Right. So that's what was different in the Indian conception. Right. We could add zero. We could, we could add zero with any number. Correct. We could add zero and zero. We could multiply zero and zero. We couldn't divide though. Yeah, because I think, why would you need to divide by zero was a question I had. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you even think about this? Like, <laughs> why would you ever need to divide by zero and hence come up with infinity? One of the situations where you need division is when you are cancelling out terms on both sides of an equation. Right. Right. This is something which we all do, right? 2A, 2A is equal to 2B means that A is equal to B. Right. We, how do we do that? We are dividing by 2 on both sides. Right. But 0A is equal to 0B does not mean A is equal to B. And right. that we all know that. The right? whole LHS equal to RHS thing that we need to do. Exactly. But again there, it would mean infinity plus 2 is equal to infinity then removing infinity from both sides would give you 2 is equal to 0? Ha! So now you are bringing a different concept altogether. So, so far we were talking about numbers and in these numbers we were not including infinity as a number, <laughs> right? So this is a new monster that has come into the uh, come into our garden. Yeah. Uh, zero itself was a monster to the garden of nicely behaved numbers which we can add, multiply, subtract and divide, we suddenly introduce zero and we no longer can divide. We can do all the other operations but not division. Right. So it's in some sense it's already a monster in this garden of uh, numbers. Yes. Infinity is an even bigger monster in some sense. So right? in that sense the two of them are mutants. So the, two of them are mutants <laughs> and in some sense they are related to each other. Right. Like they are they are related to each other and the, the relationship between zero and infinity is something that has fascinated humanity for a very long right. time. So, in fact, I think you have you have struck the important uh, point there mm. because 
in some sense you should you, people think of zero and infinity as as reciprocals of each other one by zero is often thought of as infinity and one by infinity is often thought of zero right. so in some sense they are reciprocals of each other is an intuitive understanding that people have hmm. right uh, but at the same time we don't typically use these in when we deal with numbers we don't deal uh, with infinity like division by zero or the number infinity at all infinity is not usually thought of as a number unless once we start working with complex numbers then there is a better way of making sense of infinity the place value system the neat place value system that we have today is impossible without a zero hmm. however somehow these the other civilizations like babylonians chinese mayans and all could do without it hmm. and they could do most of the computations hmm. so it's not like the place uh, the zero discovery of zero helped us tremendously in computations hmm. uh in fact the chinese could do uh, like the algorithms for computations that the chinese came up with were very similar to the algorithms that the indians discovered hmm. so there's not a big difference between uh, uh zero did not really help in computations that much hmm. the only thing it helped was that for the chinese to do these computations they needed some devices hmm. they uh more mental arithmetic was uh kind of uh, possible because of zero hmm. but apart from that it really did not help in computation so much hmm. however it helped us understand the similarity between these various systems hmm. without the zero the babylonian system the mayan system and the chinese system and all looked somewhat different from each other Hmm. the similarity between these various systems became more evident when we started thinking of these as a proper place value system and things like that oh so so it was more like you know wearing a pair of 3d glasses to actually see ah you know i make sense of clear yeah. so yeah it's in some yeah. sense like a 3d glass or something which which gave us insights that was not yet available right, to us right. so for example there is this uh, brilliant work by pingala uh on on actually language so mm. so he was interested in this idea called prosody mm. which is about the sound pattern in poetry you might be familiar with the fact that there are these meters and things like that which the rhyme scheme rhyme scheme meter like which is about how many syllables can be there in a line uh how many of them are long how many of them are short mm. there are these lots of rules in earlier poetry he made different molds for poetry that would sound good to people hmm. so and he was he was studying these different patterns that would sound good and things like that hmm. okay but his work in prosody can now be interpreted as a study of binary number system because wow. these long vowels or long long sounds he thought can be thought of as one and the short sounds can be thought of as zero and things like that and and what could be the possible application of this inference is that has that has this inference been used the language of binary numbers makes some of this analysis a lot easier because now it's just a computation right. doing something there is equivalent to doing a computation here so that actually makes it simplifies things So there are two things. First of all, it simplifies things. Secondly, something that always uh, fascinates mathematicians is uh, when there are two seemingly different things which are connected. Hmm. It's a sign that there is something deep going on behind it, and this is something that really fascinates people. Sorry, 
Yes, so coming back to now that we have all the numbers, we have all the shapes that we need. And then how soon before we said let's have fun adding and removing and multiplying and how soon did we get to that? So uh like actually as I as I mentioned earlier like this addition, multiplication and all were very much there before before we had zero. Right, right. People right. Chinese and Babylonians could do computations very well. In fact, we did not even need a place value system to do addition and multiplication there were systems of numerals which are different from place value system but were well equipped to do addition and multiplication right because we had the symbols we might not have had zero and that would have caused some confusion but because we had the symbols we were adding subtracting possibly multiplying mm-hmm. now with the arrival of zero into that garden how did that change everything or what was the new way in which we said ah now we can finally add subtract multiply properly <laughs> finally place value system facilitated addition and multiplication right zero did not facilitate addition and multiplication in any significant way what zero has done are three things first of all it has helped us understand the underlying unity between seemingly different concepts hmm Secondly, now we are thinking of absence as a number itself, hmm. not just other numbers. Like we are count, we have started counting in a different way. Hmm. When there is base ten, I am thinking of ones place, tens place, hundreds place, thousands place, and so on. Hmm. In all of these, there is ones place. Hmm. Why is ones place making sense? To make sense, why does why can one place exist in all of these different places? You need to know system? that it's ten raised to zero, but there is no zero. You don't know of zero yet. Without zero, you could not have seen that. You could have you you would have thought of one as an anomaly, for instance. Oh, all right. But now one is no longer an anomaly. And it's an anomaly only when you're looking at two-digit and three-digit numbers. On its own, it still makes sense to yes. you. Yeah, yeah. One yes. makes sense. Five makes sense. So once but place was an anomaly, ah, is what I'm trying to say. My but God. once place is no longer an anomaly if you have zero in your concept. My goodness, things that we cannot even imagine can confuse us today were actually huge points of debate or huge puzzles back then. Yes. So the once place could not make sense to the Mayans, to the Babylonians. No, individually they it makes sense to them. Hmm. It so the ones place made sense to them, but the ones place for Mayans and the ones place for the Babylonians seem very different from each other, right? Right. But they are not, is what we are trying to say. Oh. So right. how are the two different systems related to each other? Right. Is the point that we are trying to make. Here. All right, makes me think that we need a zero to do the same thing to religions as well, <laughs> isn't it? Can somebody invent that zero that says all religions are saying the same thing? It's the same thing. Wow. So zero did that to numbers. Yes. What nobody has been able to do for religions zero today. Zero showed wow. us that these different, seemingly different systems are all actually uh, using the same principle. Well, Concept is same, same between all these different systems. Right. Oh, it right. really helped us understand that. Right. Uh, so that and is, then, and that's why there is peace in the world of mathematics <laughs> and science. There's still peace. And this, no. <laughs> this also makes me curious about one thing. So nowadays it is becoming, this is gaining popularity. It's gaining popularity that like some aspects of calculus hmm. uh, in, in the modern language were discovered by mathematicians from India 
more specifically coast of a particular river in Kerala. Hmm. What's the river? It's called Nila or Bharatapura. Huh. It's coast of this uh, river. So like, a lot of mathematicians arose or came from this place. Yes, in a very small, tiny locality. Wow. I come from that locality. Wow. Uh, so I'm very proud personally. Nila. <laughs> Nila. Nila. Huh. Mathematicians from this small locality actually came up with the with certain aspects of calculus, not the entirety of calculus. More specifically, representing functions as what is known as series. Hmm. So. This concept, mathematicians in Kerala came up right. long ago, like roughly 200 years before Newton. The binomial theorem and… Uh, All these ideas wow. were there in Kerala. Wow. So, uh, and one, one, one thing that I feel is, uh, that I think about, this is complete speculation, we don't know anything, I, I'm not sure about this at all. But I was thinking that, see, the concept of zero or uh, the concept of the modern numeral system became popular in Europe only in 12th century. Hmm. Commonplace only in 15th century or something. Hmm. So does this have any relation with each other? The fact that did Europe discover these ideas later hmm. because the number system reached the later. Oh. So we had the advantage that we had this number system earlier. Hmm. Therefore, we could do this more complicated stuff. But the Europeans did not have the luxury of these nice number systems. We were trying to solve problems the Europe did not know exist. Exactly. exactly. Right? But then, do we have documents to prove this? Not we really. don't. Not because really. we got invaded by <laughs> all powers who were not busy doing math. If everyone was doing busy doing math, we would still have all the records yes. to show. <laughs> You're thinking that might have been the case. Yeah. You think that might have been the case. There is this brilliant book by Charles Safe called Zero, The Biography of a Dangerous Idea. Mm. In that book, actually, he talks about various ideas that probably came up only because the concept of zero was invented. Wow. And actually, uh, this earlier idea of thinking of taking tangents as making sense of zero by zero was also taken from that book. Along with negative numbers, the ancient Indians were happy to include zero in their number system. It fit neatly between the positives and the negatives. But they still thought it was sort of strange. Multiply anything by zero and you get zero again. As for division, well, that's chaos. How many zeros are there in one? The 12th century Indian mathematician Bhaskara realized the answer was infinity. Incidentally, infinity had strange properties too. You could add or subtract any number and it stayed exactly the same. Oh. And he talks about multiple ideas within mathematics, physics, everything which kind of has the same flavor to it. Right. And I highly recommend you to have a look into that book to get more examples of such things. I feel what this means is that this has really become so much part of our culture. Like without zero, we cannot even think of anything. So Right. So, so we cannot imagine a time when people did not, couldn't get their head around zero. And once zero came in, we were saying, okay, let's figure out what our place in the sun is and let's <laughs> measure what is that angle and you know how far this is and how close this is and how fast we are going about in the universe. Some of these questions might have existed before, but at least it it, it allowed us to answer these questions, questions. way better. That Maybe those thing. questions existed, but were answered very philosophically. Exactly. And not mathematically. Exactly. Now we have very good answers to these questions. Right, right.
Hi, I'm Giri. And I'm Raghu. So Raghu is uh, 77 and I'm 67. And we've been following cricket like mad for the past 60 years. I I learned the English alphabet spelling Umrigar and Hazare and Mankad. Raghu saw his first cricket match in 1955. I saw my first cricket match in 1963. So the first test as an Indian team which we played was well before we got our independence in 1932. Governor Raja Maharaj Singh joins thousands of eager spectators. The whole story changed in 1961-62 tour because Nari contractor was felled by a bumper from that uh, dubious bowler called Charlie Ga- Griffith. Charlie Griffith known as Charlie Chaka. So Charlie Griffith is struck again. By the time the 1980s began, the spin quartet had gone. Kapil had arrived and India had a pace attack for the first time in its cricket history. Inflection point is the 90s. Doordarshan would go say can you please show this match? You now had people saying can we host your match. The money started coming from there. Some of the most amazing things that have happened in the last decade which includes women's cricket, media, analytics and the way the game has changed in this last decade. In well caught by Raghu and Giri, hopefully you'll get a sense of how we must have fought and discussed and come together to write our books. Well caught by Raghu and Giri. Enjoy the show. Coming soon only on Radio Azim Premji University. Meanwhile in Egypt. People were adding, multiplying without a place value system i said earlier that zero was not uh, essential to do computations mm. but place value systems really played a big role mm. but the people could do computations even without a place value system right, so we right. should not think that the romans did not know how to compute right. or the egyptians did not know how to compute and so on right what we are getting at is that our ability to add multiply and subtract mm-hmm. precedes our understanding or invention of the place value system yes okay precedes is now a difficult precedes not chronologically but precedes within a culture there were cultures that did not have place value system but they could add and multiply ah but the place the babylonian place value system is so old that it predates the egyptian system oh right but right but the egyptians right. did not have a place value system Correct. but they were still adding but they were still adding they were still, still multiplying and ah, so on got it got it now right? i understand that's the scenario here uh, so it's natural to us how did they add how did they multiply hmm. and so on addition is generally not so difficult i think if you spend some time you can come up with how they could have done that multiplication is the more tricky aspect hmm. right and what they did was they they made a simple observation Hmm. suppose i wanted to multiply two numbers hmm. multiplying these two numbers is the same as uh multiplying the half of one number and the double of the other number yes right yes multiplying a and b is same as multiplying a by 2 and 2b suppose we wanted to multiply 1000 and say 27 or something like hmm. that hmm. of course in the place value system especially with the 10 1027 is very easy you just put 
three zeros after twenty-seven, you get twenty-seven thousand. Hmm. But of course, they did not use the place value system with base ten. They did not right. use that. So thousand is something complicated for them. Twenty-seven. It's a complicated is, symbol. It's not so, the way we are imagining right now. One followed by three zeros. So exactly. our viewers need to imagine some sort of symbols they don't recognize as a number called thousand. Exactly. But if you notice, thousand is very close to thousand and twenty-four. Very close to that. Right. Right. So. Thousand and twenty-four multiplied by twenty-seven mm. is same as five hundred and twenty five hundred and twelve multiplied by twenty-seven into two, which is same as two fifty-six into twenty-seven into four, mm. and so on. Mm. So this observation, I make this observation. So and were I, they doing it in, with both hands, ambidextrous, <laughs> half with this hand and double with this hand? Oh my God! It sounds very complicated. So they have these now. tables to oh to use. That God. is exactly what they were doing. Okay. So you only need to know how to multiply by two. Right. Right. If you know how to multiply by two, then you are done. Right. So if you somehow know how to multiply twenty-seven by two, mm. then you are done. Then you can multiply twenty-seven by thousand. Yes. Add twenty-seven by any number. Any number. Oh. But there will be a small error. Right? Correct. Because I am not multiplying by thousand. I am multiplying by thousand and twenty-four. Correct. How do I account how, for that? How error? do I account for this small error? One way is to do is okay. Thousand twenty-four is a little too big. Hmm. If I want to make this precise, I should have started with something smaller. Hmm. So what I do, I, what I would do is I will represent thousand as powers of two. Five hundred and twelve plus two fifty six plus one twenty eight hmm. plus something, mm -hmm. right? I have, as a sum of powers of two. Yes, hmm. I can express thousand as a sum of powers of two. Hmm. And the moment I have expressed thousand as a sum of powers of two, hmm. I know how to multiply twenty seven with each of those. Ah, okay. Now all I have to do is add those numbers. Hmm. An addition I am comfortable with. Hmm. So I have reduced the problem of multiplying with any number to the problem of multiplying with powers of two and, and adding them and adding them, and I have reduced the problem of multiplying by powers of two to the problem of multiplying by two. So you are adding twenty-seven into two, twenty-seven into four, twenty-seven into sixteen, twenty-seven. Ah, that's exactly. what you're doing. Hmm. Exactly. So if I had tables of If I had so, what they did, they actually in practice what they had were enormous tables of multiplication by two and division by two. And these were not printed on paper. These were not printed on papers. They were on like some clay oh tables or stone God. tables or something okay. like that. Okay. They had these enormous tables, and these tables were so. It's like how we use logarithm, right? Or a bacchus. Yeah. We we have this logarithm like we have a log book which where, which we look and say oh this is a logarithm and logarithm was also used in school as a tool to multiply Correct. if you like yes so so the same kind of technique they were using they had an enormous catalog of these uh, doubles and halves yes. and this catalog was used to do their computations. My God, you reminded me of logarithmic tables. We had those paper, little booklets mm -hmm. printed on very poor quality paper, Correct. and were using ink pens. <laughs> After the first three classes, you could not read any numbers because they would have blots of ink on all of them, Correct. and then you'd be like, Correct. "Buy a new one now." Goodness. Clark's yes. tables, they were called. <laughs> yeah, at least. yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, so really, logistically speaking, also difficult mm -hmm. with the. Tablets of tables to Correct. be carried around or, or installed. So again, maybe what helped is again the fact that not everybody did these computations. Only specialized people did these computations. 
So that probably helped them, right? Like, mm. so they had their offices which had these large tables and th- something like that. Right. So probably that's the way things work. It's not like everybody in in Egypt did these computations. There were clear division of labor, and only some people did these. Uh, so that that now in our world that's not the case. No. Everybody. So is when you said there were clear divisions, there were other people in Egypt who were using other forms. No, they did not do any computations. Oh. Only these people did computations. Oh, is this a level thing? Yeah, it's a level thing. Oh in some my sense. goodness! In every society, in every society, you cannot add or subtract or multiply. You can only identify numbers. It's not like you are not allowed to do. I don't think that was the. It's like okay, it's like how in modern world, writing software is done by a few people. Right. Everybody used software, but writing right. software is done by a few people. Oh, okay. That I, I in that era. Multiplication was as difficult as what writing software is right now. <laughs> okay, right? so it was a specialized skill. Exactly. All right. It's a very skilled labor. Right? So you guys can just carry those tablets and bring it to my room. <laughs> I know how to read and do the rest. So yeah. Oh my! Imagine just multiplying thousand with twenty-seven was half a day's job for someone. Like, oh, I forgot my tablets. Could you go to the other guy and just carry his? Just a ten minutes? No, half a day actually. Cannot imagine. Cannot imagine. Uh, this, this, and again, see the in the interpretation that I told, I've already introduced binary numbers into. Uh-huh. The representation Because, with base yes, two, yes, base two. But that is a modern perspective. So the modern perspective is allowing me to visualize or understand the Egyptian system, hmm. which actually was a very complicated looking at tables kind of algorithm. Yeah. But I am understanding it as a binary arithmetic or something like that. So there was the base two system before the base ten system. Mm-hmm. The base ten system happened. and we thought we have simplified things mm-hmm. then there was no things could get much simpler mm-hmm. with computers but we'll have to go to the base 2 system correct oh that is so amazing wow the back and forth yeah so egyptians used the binary system without realizing they are using binary system right and then came uh, many other systems including the base 10 system that we used and became popular throughout the world right. but then with the advent of computers we went back to the binary system Correct. and now we all realize how important binary system is that is wow and in the middle of all that there is also the base 60 if you look at your watch correct so they're all <laughs> coexisting so beautifully this is amazing make sure you check out the show notes where we share the show resources and acknowledgments and don't forget to subscribe like our channel for future episodes on the next episode yeah but indians also got invaded and all our records were like set fire to and i feel pythagoras had that advantage of being in greece and not being invaded enough for his records to be burnt रेडियो अजीम प्रेम जी यूनिवर्सिटी